From what's on to what matters, it's Tracy Mack on Newcastle in the Morning, only on Newcastle Live. Yo, we're Tracy Mack on Newcastle Live. How are you going out there this morning? It is a beautiful, beautiful morning. It's glorious here, and I'm wondering what it's like in uh, Brisbane as we head up there for State of Origin 3. Joining me on the line now is uh, Channel 7's Chief League reporter. Good morning and welcome, Michelle Bishop. Good morning. Oh, there you are. Queensland is beautiful (laughs) one day and it will be perfect the next because the Blues will be looking to wrap up the series. Oh, fingers crossed. I I really hope so. Now, you've been been in camp with the team. You've been basically with them since Perth. How are they they going? Actually been with them since Sydney, so it's been quite a long time. Hello, my family, if you're listening. (laughs) Um, Look, um, we're all very tired. It's certainly at the business end of the season uh, or the, the series now. Um, big day today, I guess, for them, obviously, you know, trying to chill out, keep their minds off the game for as long as possible till it's time for them to put their game face on. But it's been an interesting build-up. Um, I do want to, as a New South Wales supporter and a strong New South Wales supporter, I do want to uh, put a bit of a shout-out there to um, Cam Munster. I actually had a few text exchanges with him uh, not yesterday, the day before, just checking in. He's obviously in isolation with COVID, and he said he's finding it really, really tough, but... He's bracing himself, himself and really he's struggling uh, to face Wednesday, which is today. So you can imagine all the thoughts going through his head today. And no matter what way you want to look at it, it's a cruel blow. It's uh-huh. huge that he's a key player for, for um, Queensland. He's rubbed out. He's sitting in a, um, a room isolated away from everybody and, and just having to, I guess, you know, look at the clock. And, mm. I mean... Imagine him sitting on the lounge watching that game tonight. It'll be hell. Oh, it will be absolutely hell. I couldn't imagine uh, imagine anything worse uh, as a footballer, knowing you're uh, you're at the the stage of the greatest game of all, and uh, yeah, you just uh, it, it's not an injury; it's bloody COVID. Mm, unfortunately, look um, on the flip side, some beautiful stories um, coming out of Origin, and one that'll stay with me for a long time now is, of course, the fact that Jacob Safiti, obviously the twin brother of Daniel, uh, getting an opportunity to, to showcase his skills on the big stage, playing for the state. Um, you know, I guess repeating what his brother's been able to do up until now. Last um, last night, I caught up on Seven News exclusively with his mum Bev, and what a woman! Um, just hearing about. The two boys obviously living in Newcastle, growing up on the Central Coast at Womberall there. Um, hearing about being a mother of twins, competitive twins, was really interesting, you know. Um, and, and the fact that Daniel's obviously been a little bit further ahead in his progression in terms of his achievements and, and now um, Jacob sort of catching up. Um, it, it was really funny. She presented the, the jersey to Jacob um, with, alongside Peter Sterling, which is really mm. special. There are a lot of tears. Spoke with Brad Fittler yesterday and he said there wasn't a dry eye in the place. And Deb said to me, I said, how did you feel walking into that room, all those high-profile athletes? Mm. She said, oh, I was dying inside. Um, and she said, what I did was I tried to be funny at the very start. She said, oh, hi, I'm Beverly Safidi and I'm Jacob's mum. Oh, and I guess that makes me Daniel's mum as well. Um, so that's how she sort of broke the ice a little bit. There was a few laughs, but then those laughs nearly, um, you know, they changed to tears quite rapidly. Just going through the stories, the injuries, um, you know, how the journey that, that it's, that's been to see both of her sons make it. Um, a shame that they're not playing at the mm. same time, but hey, you know, not a perfect world but what I do want to talk about today is the uh, criticism that Jacob copped you know being the third fourth string prop um, obviously he was thrust into the side pretty pretty much well late um, obviously Jordan McLean going down at training with that hamstring injury and you know the, the, the paper talk the social media talk about you know whether he was good enough why isn't Regan Campbell Gillard there 
um, I addressed that with, with Jacob and I said, how are you coping? You've been back mm-hmm. in camp now for two days. You know, where, where is it all sitting? And he said, Michelle, uh, my mum said to me, the fact that Brad Fittler has picked me, he clearly has faith in me. Um, I've, I've got, again, confidence over the last two days of being back in the squad. I know my role and I'm going out there to make the most of my opportunity and do the, the state proud. I mean, that's all we want from our athletes. Yeah. Yeah, I've, got the, uh, I've got the lump in the throat, so I can only imagine how you were going talking with him. Mm, oh, look, it was, it was really special even to hear about the way it all unfolded. Uh, he was sitting in the ice bath there um, just, you know, in, in, back at Newcastle. And Adam O'Brien came along and said, hey, champ, have you checked your phone? And he said, no, I don't have my phone with me. He said, check your phone. There's an important message. And uh, obviously got out of the spa pretty quick and checked his phone. And there it was, a message actually from Hayden Knowles, um, strength and conditioner there at Newcastle, saying, mate, pack your bags. I think you're coming back up quicker than what you think. And that's exactly the way it unfolded. The first person that uh, Jacob called was, of course, his brother, Daniel. There were tears from both sides. I spoke with both of them, actually, and they said it was really funny. They were both blubbering, you know, onto each other, um, just, you know, crying, saying, can't believe this is actually happening. They've been very competitive throughout their entire career, but always supportive, and I think that was the biggest thing. Daniel's played a huge role, a massive support role, been on the phone constantly. He's flying up here today. The family will be in the stands tonight when he runs out um, in front of that very hostile crowd at Suncorp Stadium. Yeah, so it is going to be a sellout. Um, What are you hearing? What's the late mail? Um, I mean, obviously, history is not on our side up there. It is, uh, you know, they they grow an extra leg, an extra head, an extra something when they play (laughs) play up there. We don't know what it is, but... But it's certainly... I'm sure there's a line there, but I better not. <laughs> no, 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 please. Um, Let, let's look, behave. <laughs> That's for your and my after dark program. <laughs> That's right. You're 100% right there, Tracy. It is. It's sold out, not a spare seat in the house. Um, hostile crowd. I mean, it's even quite hostile this morning, walking along the streets. Every second person has a maroon scarf beanie, or it's actually quite cold here um, in Brisbane this morning. But um, we, we did address that with Freddie yesterday. I said, you know, Freddie, what, what, how do you, what's the chat? Like, how, how do you... Tell someone like Jacob Safidi that he's, what he's about to embark on, mm-hmm. running out, it's not like running out at Leichhardt Oval or even Stadium Australia. It's a, it's a whole new ball game, And he simplified it, like Freddie does quite often. He said it's um, 17 on 17, well, on the field it's 13 on 13, um, and the crowd can't jump the fence. Mm. And I mean, he's got a big point. That <laughs> so, is true, yeah. You know, he's basically saying to the guys that it's white noise, they're professional athletes, they they need to just, you know, suck it up and, and concentrate on, on, on what, you know, what they're there for. Um, and look, like they can't do any more. Uh, right right now, I had this conversation with last night, someone last night saying, you know, oh, what, there's a couple of them walking the streets, what's going on? I mean, it's in this professional world now. They, they switched off after that, that tra- final training run, the captain's run yesterday at Suncorp Stadium. When the minute they get off the bus, they switch off. They don't want to be thinking and playing the game too early in their head and, you know, it, it can cause all sorts of problems with nerves and all the rest of it. So they're pretty much well having a, a nice light breakfast this morning. They'll stretch legs and pass the footy around a little bit, go for a, a sort of light team walk with heavy security because mm. we are deep in enemy territory. Exactly. But they'll do that this morning. Greg Alexander will have a bit of a chat um, about where they're at, um, you know, the final word, if you like. Uh, and it's not until this afternoon where they'll kind of, you know, go back into their hotel rooms and, I, I guess, prepare to get their game face on. It's, it's, um, it's, it's the night. It's, it's where they've got to 
all the work that they've mm-hmm. done has to kind of come to fruition. Comes down, yeah. There's been, uh, obviously, Nathan Cleary has been uh, the heavy focus of, of both Games 1 and Games 2. And uh, I noted uh, a fantastic op-ed that you uh, you had up on uh, the 7 News site uh, this week. In particular, the fact that uh, those boys stood there in Lismore, they've been incredible up there looking after that uh, far north coast and just being part of the community. And some of the criticism that uh, that Nathan Cleary's copped, you, uh, you really stood up for him. Tell us that story. You know, I, I just think that we get lost in... Um the, the wrong messages, the wrong, you know, perception of what's actually going on. And these boys, this this series, not just um, here in, in Brisbane or in Queensland, um, or it was Lismore, in fact, where they kicked off their community sort of work, pouring down rain, awful conditions, um, really strong winds. They rocked into town, um, into Lismore to have their, you know, training session at the start of the week. And they spent as much time as possible with kids that are, I guess it was a a, a great distraction for them. Kids in Lismore that have just, you know, been through the floods. Um, Shops are struggling. Mm. Shop fronts are all still closed up up there, majority of them. They're in a a bit of a phase where they're they're going through a rebuild. Um, The town's devastated. Some parts don't have hot water. But this this brief moment, um, it was a real privilege for me to stand there and watch it unfold. The Murray's bus rolled into town. Kids were jumping up and down with excitement. You know, adults as well, because it was a a moment just to check out of what has been their reality for some months now. Um, And and they were signing signatures. They were giving boots away. They were doing anything and everything they could. And and, uh, they... Basically, uh, one one player I spoke about in particular was Jack Whiten. He um, obviously isn't playing tonight, but they're obviously in support. Now, he was called away at the start of the session to, you know, come on train, come on. And he really found it difficult to extract himself from the fans because he there was a few that had been waiting a while that he hadn't sort of managed to get to because mm. time didn't allow. So they went and trained. And instead of the boys hopping back on the bus and, and going about their business, the boys stopped training and went straight back over to where they were Jack kicked off exactly where he'd left, so those kids that have been waiting a while to get a signature or a photo didn't miss out. As I said, James Tedesco, Angus Crichton, Damien Cook, all their shirts were coming off and giving them... And and just the the sheer joy that that gave the the, um, kids in the crowd was amazing to watch. But Nathan Cleary had already given his shirt, so he he wasn't able to do it again. And he came across a, a young Panthers fan, and he took his shorts off and handed the kid uh, a pair, his pair of shorts. He had budgie smugglers on, the same ones that you see everybody at the beach in, the same ones that you see Olympic swimmers on the stage in, so he wasn't chipping down to undies. Uh, but the, the criticism that I read a day or two after on social media uh, about how inappropriate that was for him to take his shorts off, not his pants, take his shorts off mm-hmm. and, and hand it to a kid in the crowd, I found very sad. I, I thought that there must be a lot of people in the community that are sitting back probably unhappy with themselves, mm. making themselves feel better by sitting behind that keyboard and bashing out what they can about some kid who's using his profile, using his position for good, for positivity, to bring some light into some people's lives. And I, I just think it's, we should see more of this. Yeah. Um, it's not something new. This is what all rugby league players do. I'm not isolating Nathan Cleary. So many of them do it, but... It's not captured like it was um, this week. Um, and they also don't want to put themselves out there like they, you know, they're doing all this community work. They're just going about their business. And I just think it's our responsibility of journalists to be, I guess, reporting facts and reporting what we see. And I just, I, I, it really upset me as a mum. Mm. I, 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 there was police around. There was um, security. There was staff. There was parents. And for someone or anyone in the community to find that off-putting, I, I think they should take a good look at themselves in the mirror.
I agree with you. It was just incredible. He'd already given the shirt off his back, you know, to, to have walked past that that kid. I can only imagine the, the ridiculousness that would have gone on then. So, yeah, well, good, good on you for holiday. standing up. Can, yeah. can you imagine, imagine that, oh. that kid? when he returns to school on Monday, what story he has to tell and what he has to show. I mean, you know, and that could spark something in that child about wanting to be better in the community, wanting to be a rugby league player. You know, something could be, you know, born in his head overnight over that one small kind act. Absolutely. Righto. So 10 o'clock tonight, what's uh, what's your uh, your guess on the score? I'm going to go 12-16 to, uh, I'm going to go to the Blues. What's, uh, what's funny, your guess? A lot of people are sticking to that 16 mark. Mine's 22-16 really? to the okay. Blues. Okay, so yep. Very, very interesting. That's funny, I don't isn't it? Yeah, you're right. This, yeah. Oh, God, I hope it can't be, can it? It's got to be a nice, tough game. That's that's what the third one deserves, especially after the, the drubbings each way. You just can't deny the enormous task that faces young uh, rookie uh, Tommy Dearden if he if he does uh, will play he will spend some time in that five eight mm. role whether he starts or not the uh, the Queenslanders are still playing games with all that sort of stuff but um, it's it's an enormous task and I, that's the thing we love about rugby league and, and the stories that come out of it that it was a big massive blow to Cameron Munster but a huge opportunity for for a young Queenslander to make a name for himself Tommy Dearden he's a, he's a good kid and he deserves his chance he played some really good footy this year to get where he is. So the big question, I'm, I'm pretty sure I know which way you're going to go, but uh, Daly Cherry Evans, any chance of knocking Nathan Cleary out of that uh, Australian number seven jersey? Look, I find this a really interesting one, and I'm still very much undecided. Um, oh, I, just, I can't fault either. Whichever way they go, um, massive, massively passionate about Nathan Cleary. Um, uh, but, you know, obviously know Daily Tree Evans just as well and I know mm. that he can get the job done as well. So I'm comfortable with either way. Either I'm kind of not going to buy into that argument. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Take it's it, take it each way, bet. It has, it has. <laughs> Look, thank you so much for your time, my friend. I bet you can't wait until uh, until that final whistle is blown tonight and uh, and tomorrow you'll be able to go back with the family. Can't wait. Yes, I miss my boys. I, I go the blues. I Thanks, bet you Trace. do. Thanks, love. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye. That is uh, Michelle Bishop from uh, from Seven News, and you'll be able to find her reports on. Uh, if you go to the Seven News uh, website, you'll find all of Michelle's stories there. And uh, of course, the late mail will continue to come out. It's only uh, it's only ten minutes to ten, and as Michelle said, the Queenslanders are still playing a little bit of a game with uh, with who's going to be that starting five eight. But uh, we'll wait and see. We'll wait and see. Fingers crossed. Uh, money is only just on the Blues. Only just. You're with Tracy Mack on Newcastle Live. With over nine decades of combined media experience, Tracy Mack and Michael Blacksland bring you a smart, fast-paced morning of news and entertainment with special guests and major newsmakers for your morning fix. Join Tracy Mack for Newcastle in the Morning, weekdays from nine, only on Newcastle Live.